Hello and welcome to the Plugged In Show, where on this episode we explore the fascinating world of artificial intelligence and dive into the pros and cons of ChatGPT, the language model trained by OpenAI. With its ability to analyze and synthesize vast amounts of data, ChatGPT has the potential to revolutionize fields such as healthcare, education, and customer service. However, there are also concerns about the potential risks associated with AI language models like ChatGPT. As we've seen with the rise of deepfake content, the technology behind ChatGPT can be used to manipulate or deceive people, making it increasingly difficult to distinguish between what's real and what's fake. What's real? I am. I'm Paul Acey, filling in for Adam Holtz on this episode of The Plugged In Show. What's fake? 95% of the introduction. It was written by ChatGPT after I asked it to write a podcast <laughs> intro about the Seriously? pros and cons of itself. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's amazing. He saved oh me. Gosh. Chat. Look, I'm, I'm calling it a he. He saved me a lot of work. Wow. You guys, <laughs> we don't need Adam. No. <laughs> oh, no. We will oh. dive into chat GPT and some other forms of technology that blur the lines between what's real and what's fake. And then, as a change of pace, we'll talk with Kennedy on Thank about a YouTube channel tackling something very real, faith. He'll help us unpack Got Questions, an outlet that, as you might be able to tell, is about answering people's questions about Christianity. Joining us today are Jonathan McKee, Kristen Smith, and, of course, Kennedy. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Hi. All right, we'll dive in with our usual icebreaker question. And since we're talking about AI technology, I want you to tell me what is your very favorite artificially intelligent character in the movies or on TV? And you can define artificially intelligent as broadly or as narrowly as you like. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, nobody. Okay, I, I, I'm going to start because there's no way. And there's no way anybody would choose this because you guys are probably going to be like, what movie? Okay, 1984, there was this movie called Electric Dreams. Do you remember it, Paul? Do you remember it? Electric it Dreams? I don't Electric think my Dreams. parents let me watch it, movies like that. It, it, it was PG, very innocent. It was about this computer that took over the house. And it was like, I mean, back, we're talking this big box computer. It was kind of, it's funny to go back and watch because their idea of what a computer taking over, is like, you could set this computer, to open your door locks and do different stuff. But <laughs> he likes, he spilled, it's been a long time. He spilled something like over the keyboard or whatever. And all of a sudden, like it became alive and Edgar started talking to him and Edgar fell in love with the girl next door. Uh, the, the guy liked, and also there was competition between the computer and the guy for the girl. And uh, <laughs> oh it, the sound, the soundtrack was by boy George. The soundtrack was actually amazing. Edgar was truly this great, you know, uh, AI character who, who took over the house. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I have one. It's not really a favorite, but I'm going to answer it the way I want to answer it. So here we are. Um, Just like you. <laughs> Just like you. So I watched a show one time. I was reviewing one for Plugged In. I want to say it was like CSI or something. I really can't remember. So here we go. <laughs> the whole episode was about how computers and technology began to take over everything. Um, and so this woman was at work and she was going to leave work, but they had like increasing technology. So she had to like scan in and out of stuff. Computers had to like let her do whatever. And then she got to her house and her whole house was like 
the same way. Like the fire would turn mm. on by itself. The doors would lock. Um, she wouldn't be allowed to cook certain foods if it like wasn't like good for her or whatever. And so <laughs> I need that. I'm serious. So there was this <laughs> there was this guy like the whole episode where he's trying to tell her like this is evil. It's gonna like ruin everything. And by obviously the end of the episode, she was like locked in her home. Like the vacuum was trying to attack her. Like all these different things. I'm serious. Everything was like technologically controlled. And he ended up being right. So oh that's my example. That's, awesome. that's creepily similar, actually, right? to Jonathan's. Right? These, these, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, Smart homes, no original story. they will no. kill you. <laughs> they will kill Smart. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, well, on that note, um, yeah, mine, I've probably got two, honestly. I can't choose between them, so I'm going to do it my way as well. Um, <laughs> Fair. The first, one, the first one comes from one specific scene from iRobot with Sonny. Um, yeah. Is... Oh. Uh, they're interrogating him in the police interrogation room, <laughs> um, and they're go. talking about what it means to be human and what what it means to uh, be special. And they start talking about, well, you know, can you write a can you write a symphony? Can you paint a painting? And then you know, Sonny just looks up at Will Smith's character and he says, "Can you?" And <laughs> uh, I, I've just always really liked uh, Sonny as a character. Um, the other one actually isn't from a movie or TV show. It's from a video game called Mass Effect. Uh, there's a uh, race of aliens in this game, uh, and they've essentially gotten to this point where they're fighting against this other race of aliens. And you have one of them on your team, but you also have uh, one of the people from this other race of aliens on your team, too. And there's a lot of uh, conflict that comes through that. And at the very, um, at a very climactic point in the game, there comes a point where the AI robot he looks at you and he asks you if he has a soul. Mm. And it's really impactful. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm going to go I'm going to go the dark route. You went pretty philosophic on us, Kennedy. I'm I'm going to go with not That's usually you. So. Yeah. Not computers taking over your house, but computers taking over a spaceship. I'm going to go with the classic HAL 9000. Mm. This even, is highly is irregular, that? Dave. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey. He takes over the, the machine. He starts killing people. He does not want to be turned off. He is being threatened with the sort of extinction, and so he's trying to save his own yeah. artificial soul. Yeah. So I, I really did like the way you went with this, though, Kennedy, because it sort of segues into what we're talking about with chat GPT, because we're talking about uh, the future of AI, right, where yeah. mm-hmm. where maybe mm-hmm. AI can write symphonies. They already are writing poems. They're doing songs and, and they're doing, you know, podcast introductions. So, Kennedy, yeah. I mm-hmm. know that you have written a blog on chat GPT. So can yep. you tell us a little bit about what this thing is? Yeah, so the GPT part of that stands for Generative Pre-Training Transformer. Uh, the whole thing is a deep learning model, which is just really a fancy way of saying that it it weighs every single word in your inputted prompt uh, differently in such a way that it can find all the information it needs. And not only that, but it also gives it to you in a very conversational way. So in a way, it's like a really uh, in-depth search engine that has a conversation with you. Yeah, it's a very strange That's a good description. Yeah, yeah, it's a very strange vibe. Like when the first time I used ChatGPT was actually for this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But as I was asking it questions, by the time I was done, because the the answers felt so organic that it was giving yes. me, I actually typed in thanks. And then it typed back, you're welcome. <laughs> That's so, funny. So 
Jonathan, Kristen, have you used this? Or have, are you familiar with it? Yeah, actually. So my husband is like a super nerd. And so when he is, <laughs> when, when Chad GPT came on the scene, he may have been one of the first people to like, anyway, open his laptop and show me. So we were just sitting there one night and he was like, hey, you have to look at this. And he's like typing in all these prompts. And it really does seem and feel very organic. And the first thing that I thought of was, this is going to totally destroy English class. Mm. And even if you're like online or whatever, like you're writing this and you could, I mean, I, there's got to be ways to like look at plagiarism and obviously voice matters in writing. But I mean, this could totally like blow it all out of the water. I mean, our jobs could yeah. be. Well, See you that's, later. that's kind of a scary thing for me. Right. You know, as what writers, if, if, if there's a computer that can review movies as well as we do. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a good... I always thought that, that the computers might take over counting profanities. I didn't think they would actually take over the writing part. Well, I would say yeah. some of the creativity I haven't seen as much, but that's it's just in its early stages. So mm -hmm. who's to mm -hmm. say? Yeah. Well, well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I just read a little bit about it. Forbes had an article that was kind of talking about the percentage of kids who are using it for cheating. And that, to me, was amazing. I mean, 48% oh, yeah. of students have used it to provide them answers for an at-home test. 53% yep. of students have used it to write an essay for them. I mean, so we're talking like half. I mean, this is yeah. this is huge. The word is out that there's this thing that'll do your homework <laughs> for you. So I remember trying, like I tried it because I thought, okay, I want to see, that, as I was reading different articles about the one thing that uh, it caught was there was inaccuracy. So even if you had to write your essay, you'd really have to have it like, you'd have to fact check a lot of it. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, let me try it. Let's see how smart this is. So I Googled myself on chat <laughs> GPT just to see. And it, and it, and it was interesting because at first it's all Jonathan McKee, you know, but it, it said where I used to work, not where I work now. Uh, it said, uh, I've written a bunch of books, but then it named a bunch of books and it named a book I hadn't written. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They threw an extra one in there, you know, but it wasn't like war and peace or anything good. But so, uh, but uh, but no, it, so it was interesting. There definitely was some fact problems. But man, I tell you, I was teaching at a parent workshop the next day after researching this. And as I'm standing next to his parent, this parent goes, hold on, I got to get this. This is my son. And I hear this conversation take place. And he literally is talking with his son about no, no, uh, about getting the password to this piece of software oh, wow. that will do the homework for him and he's all no he just uses it to check his math he doesn't use it and i just started laughing i literally i'm like oh yeah because that's what you and i would have done right we would have just checked our answers he's all no i really think he is just checking his answers with it you know and so it is interesting that this is like this new landscape that parents now have to navigate is dialoguing with their kids about integrity and truth in a world where now all of a sudden we have these tools um, where we can use Hal and we can use Skynet or whoever we want to uh, help us with our to help us with our homework for now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that brings up a question that I wanted to ask you, Jonathan. As you talk with parents, are you telling them how to sort of handle GPT? Are are you actually giving them advice, or is that are you still sort of looking and waiting and seeing and and trying to figure the whole thing out yourself? Yeah, it only came up in conversations like at the back table mm -hmm. because in broad strokes. And you guys have heard me say it so much, you're going to be tired of it. It's like when it comes to social media, when it comes to so many of these different things, I think we can become so overwhelmed trying to find every bad thing out there and block it away. My focus is really more on how do we teach our kids truth so they recognize the lies. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. When we talked about, Kristen, you mentioned cheating. 
Kennedy, you spent quite a bit of time on your blog talking a little bit about that issue. And there are yeah. tools being developed or that are out there already that kind of help prevent cheating. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, there's actually one called AI Text Classifier. It's actually uh, made by the same people who made ChatGPT. And the whole thing oh, wow. is you put in a bunch of words and it goes through and it provides you a response. Hey, this was probably written by an AI. Hey, this is probably not written by an AI. Um, mm. We don't really know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and when I used it, there was one case in which I knew something was written by an AI where it said, hey, I don't really know. I can't really tell. Um, but in every other case, when I did human versus AI written stuff, uh, it was pretty accurate. I will say, though, as a former teacher, for most high schoolers, this is probably not going to be too difficult for teachers to distinguish, mm-hmm. especially like in, in the world of like English, because you know your students <laughs> and you've seen the work yeah. that they turn in. And if they turn in something that's really eloquent and you're like, wow, that's very thought out. You've never written anything like that in your life. I don't know if that's from you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think if I was the teacher, I think I'd start going to moving towards some in-class essays, you know, like every whip out a piece of paper. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regarding that as well is that uh, a lot of the responses tend to be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not like it's cycling through like five pre-written responses, but yeah. but it generally pulls from the same resources. And so uh, it, it might use one type of word and then the other one uses a different type of word. But if you compare them side by side, you'd probably be able to tell that they were both using the same software. Before I think we get into maybe just only bashing chat GPT, <laughs> I think there's there's there can be a lot of positive. So like for example, like I so when my husband hopped on here, we're starting a business and so he asked a lot of questions about mission statements and like business plans mm-hmm. and like how would you break this down mm-hmm. and chat GPT did that flawlessly. And reading over the information or can you summarize the information in this book? And it did that. It's really just like Spark, like Spark Notes. Is that what it was yeah. way mm-hmm. back in the day? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really cool way to sit down and to probably have an example that you could then work from, yeah. which, you know, I mean, like teachers do that all of the time. Mm-hmm. Kids do that all of the time. So I think there's a lot of good in it if you choose to see the good and yeah. utilize it for that. Yeah. yeah, there was actually an article where a professor said that he actually used it to uh, he, he mandated it, that his students would use it to uh, create project ideas uh, yeah. for an end of school project. Uh, you can also, uh, one of the great things about it is that because it's so conversational and it remembers your previous prompts, if you don't really understand the answer, if you're looking for something really specific, if you go into Google, you might have to search through like pages upon pages to find uh, yeah. the exact specific thing that you're looking for. But with this, you can be like, actually, I'm looking more for this. And then it will... Yep kind of course correct mm. to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. and, and when we talk about technology, it's always about these tools, right? They're all tools. And like any tool, like a hammer, like a saw, it can be used well mm-hmm. or it can be misused. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things yeah, that I liked yeah. about what you said earlier, Jonathan, is really talking sort of conceptually about how to walk parents through this conceptually. Because really, when you're talking about tools, you just have to learn how to use them generally. And, and that can help sort of keep them from being misused, hopefully. Um, but as we know, you know, chat GPT is just the, the shiny new tool on mm-hmm. the horizon. Yeah. There's a ton of these AI tools.
tools that are really blurring the line between what's real and mm-hmm. what's fake. Yeah. Um, I was just talking with somebody about this deep fake technology yeah. for for voices yeah. and where that's been misused to have celebrities say some really yeah. terrible yeah. things and you yeah, just don't stuff. necessarily know what's real as much anymore. This is an example of what we're saying. Often fake audio can sound very real to untrained ears. These sentences were created by an AI. Are there other technologies like that 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 parents should be aware of? Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the deep fake. I think, honestly, that's probably a much bigger concern than ChatGPT. Yes, Um, I would agree. um, Because I'm I'm looking at that. I'm learning all about that. And I don't really see how you can use that for a positive thing Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. than like, oh, this is just a fun game where we make make it sound like you said something. Ha ha, you know. Um, But there's, yeah, it's really scary. There's also stuff that, can you, it can take someone's face if they're well known, and it can even make it look like they're saying it. So it's not only audio, but you can have it have someone even look like they're saying it. So yeah. I, I can just imagine like some world leader being presented like he's saying something, and then some other country freaking out about it. And it's like, oh no, that wasn't me. That was a deep fake of me. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, I think you run into a lot of issues, especially if we're talking about kids, where pornography is. I wouldn't even say on the rise. It's like so like mm-hmm. predominant. Everything that you see specifically on social media and on the internet, blah, 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 blah. But you have these issues now where you're able to create this fantasy of your own or see a fantasy of your own created like mm-hmm. with someone. It, it's wild. And I think this is the issue where as parents, you're going to have to be even more on your guard with your children. I mean, pornography is already an issue. Now imagine a world where you the person can create exactly what they want and there's instant gratification in that area that's horrifying to me um so anyway i think this is probably something we could talk about a, a, for a long time it really is it really is well there's also uh like on a similar note there's like the new google pixel phone mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. which allows yeah. you we to just right? yeah, <laughs> which just allows you to delete people out of photos which yeah, feels exactly. a little weird <laughs> like when you really think about what you're doing it's wild but um there, you know, and, and on a similar note to that, there's also AI-generated photos mm. where you have yep. just these uh, photos that look really realistic, mm-hmm. except, like, if you look at the person's fingers, they have, like, 12 fingers or something. But, like, in general, it, they look crazy they realistic. Do. They do. Yeah, it's it's insane. I was just going to say that I have 12 fingers, actually. But um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, <laughs> the it's just never been captured on film, actually. Um, no. You know, I think the thing that can happen sometimes. I think the temptation when when you hear something like this, especially when we're talking about these, I think I think this can be really scary for a lot of parents. Oh, and yeah. I think sometimes parents become overwhelmed, and and the tendency is to want to overreact and immediately, you know, grab everybody's phone and okay, kids, we're moving to Amish, Pennsylvania. You know, we're throw the phones on the bonfire. You know, load up the buggy, we're going. <laughs> uh, you know, because this is enough is enough. You know, and sometimes that's the tendency to overreact and. And I think, you know, Paul, you asked earlier, what do you do? How do you talk with parents about this? The consistent message here is, I think, how can we turn our overreaction into interaction? How can we think of ways to dialogue with our kids about this and dialogue about truth? Because there is no way, I, I think of... Paul, we grew up in a, in a day and age where there's this game called Missile Command, and you're sitting there, and all these missiles are coming down, and you're trying to get them before they land, and you're literally just, just doom, 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 trying to grab all these, and, and that's the way parenting sometimes seems like mm-hmm. these days. How can you try to block all these things coming down? And, <laughs> and if we spend so much time blocking out the lies, sometimes we forget to talk about the truth. 
And we have an opportunity in our house to even some of the stuff we can, we can have good boundaries. We can have good guardrails, but really one of the best things we can do as a family is make sure we're having family dinners together. Make sure we maybe have one guideline of, Hey, let's, let's all, regardless of what we have with our devices, let's make sure we turn them off at eight at night. And then we're, you know, reading together as a family in the living room or where, you know, and have those family connection points where you have opportunities to talk about truth, open up the word of God, uh, open up the Psalms and read them together. And I find as our kids hear truth, then as they're navigating this yeah. world with all these missiles coming at them, they, they have a foundation, they have something to go against. And yes, we do have to sometimes, I'm glad you're listening, you know, to this dialogue and you're partaking in this dialogue with us because we need to be aware of these things so we can dialogue about them. But um, we've got to be careful of fear and overreaction. Yep. I love that, Jonathan. I think that's a great way to, to sort of bring this conversation to a close because, you know, we are told as Christians not to live in fear. We are a people of hope. And I think that we need to keep that in mind when we're dealing with our kids. There are some scary things out there. There are some challenges that parents face that, you know, parents in, in ages past just didn't have to worry about. But we have the truth uh, ourselves. And that truth can help set us free and help us navigate this really crazy world. And I think you're absolutely right. Dialogue, conversation, that is the key to bringing the truth home. Thanks so much, guys. In the New Testament, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Chat, GPT, and other forms of technology can make us ask the same questions at times. The answer for us is the same as Pilate's in some ways, Jesus. He's the reality we must cling to when everything else is uncertain. Which brings us to our second conversation, which is about Got Questions Ministries. Nice segue. <laughs> I worked, I was very proud of that. So tell us a little bit about Got Questions Ministries, because it really does talk about the truth of Christianity, and it answers a lot of questions that either new believers or longtime believers might have. Yeah, so it, yeah, it really just covers everything uh, related to Christian theology. That includes, uh, you know, how should you live your life? Uh, what questions do you have about the Bible? What about other religions? Things like that. Um, it's got over 700,000 questions on its website. Um, and then that filters over to its YouTube channel, which uh, is in its video format versus the, the website, which is just text-based. Interesting. Yeah. So I would guess that sometimes if you're asking questions, when you're talking about theology, you can get deep into some weeds, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that probably the, the channel doesn't take an uh, stance on like pre-trib or post-trib or any of that stuff. No, or so do they, they? Well, they don't take explicit stances. Mm -hmm. uh, they do sometimes mention like, hey, a lot of the people who write these questions kind of believe this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but they do talk about some controversial topics, Calvinism versus Arminianism, covenant versus dispensational theology, uh, views on eschatology. Uh, it's all really? on there. That's super wow. interesting. The people behind the website, like I said, they have their own views. I mean, we all do. Right. But they try to approach each description uh, with a view uh, that is primarily focused around Scripture. So either saying like, oh, we don't like this, they'll say, hey, uh, uh, this is the Scripture that is based around this kind of viewpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. This is, Or, hey, maybe there's not as much Scripture based around this viewpoint. <laughs> um, but, I mean, on, on your major stuff, they're, they're going to be quite neutral generally. Yeah, yeah. Now does the does the channel actually delve into some controversial topics? 
Um, yeah, so that that kind of brings us more into the content that you you might want to be aware of as a parent, sure. uh, for specifically for your younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it talks about both things that happened in the Bible and how Christians should live. Uh, that means you're going to get into some unsavory things like, hey, what do we do about pornography? Mm-hmm. Uh, why did God allow Solomon to have so many wives and concubines? Um, it even talks about things on, on sexual assault, both in the Bible and outside of the Bible. And so these are things that they're good questions, you know, that we should be talking about uh, in relation to our faith. There are things that are going to help build our faith and show us how we might live as Christians. But there are also things that, hey, maybe you don't want your six-year-old reading about that quite yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, Kennedy, just from our personal interaction, I know that you love the Bible, read the Bible, are very knowledgeable about the Bible. I'm quite keen on it. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about when you went to this channel. Did you, in your research as you were doing this review, did you find out things that you were not aware of? Did you? Oh, definitely. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it, it's... It's great. I think it's a really good foundational learning mm-hmm. uh, website. I don't think it's something that you should go and you should just take it at face value. I think it's something that will help you to kind of get an understanding of something. For instance, you know, when I learned about the the Shepherd of Hermas, it's an ancient Christian uh, work that uh, for at least some point, a few people considered to be part of the canon. Mm. Um, I didn't know much past that. But when I went to Got Questions, they had like four or five paragraphs of, oh, hey, this is what it was. This is what people saw it as. Um, This is kind of what's contained within it, you know. Uh, And that was really helpful. But then I could use that and I could kind of springboard off of that into deeper learning on that. And I think that's really what the website is really good at is it gives you an overview Mm -hmm. of any topic so that you have a pretty good understanding but it allows you to really just start diving deeper. That's interesting. That's interesting. It, it does seem like it's a really nice tool in a lot of ways because I think sometimes in this age where everything's sort of at our fingertips, sometimes our knowledge of what's most important to us, you know, our faith, uh, it's sometimes a little bit shallower than we'd like. You know, mm-hmm. studies have shown that that atheists actually know more about the Christian faith than some Christians do. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is a really valuable tool to help Christians educate themselves about what they believe. Yeah. I mean, there have been times when I've uh, been in my Bible and I read something and I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure how to interpret that. But it's really nice to be able to go on to Got Questions and type in like, questions about the book of Hebrews, you know, mm. and then they have a whole list of here's every question we have related to the book of Hebrews. And then, <laughs> oh, there's the thing I was wondering about. There we go. Wow. That's really helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really it, good. It, that sort of implies that there's a lot of questions that they answer here. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons and yeah. tons, would you say? Like I said, there, there are over 700,000 questions on there. Goodness Every gracious. single day or every single week, they update it with hundreds more. And if just by the off chance that within those 700,000, they don't have what you're looking for, you can actually um, submit your own question to them and they will email you back within about a week. Wow. That's really fascinating. Man, thank you so much, Kennedy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Now it is time for Pop Culture Connection, where our 
fantastic producer, Ashley, will ask us all questions related to pop culture. And we have 30 seconds to not only answer, but come up with as many reasons for our answer as possible. Ashley counts up the score, and then she cheats so that Jonathan will win. (laughs) Oh, wow. No. No. Don't put that on Ashley. Jonathan is genuinely good at this. He is pretty good. It just vexes me. Kristen loves this game. She wants to go first. (laughs) Let's just do it. Let's get it over with. All right. My stress level goes from like zero to ten when we start this game. Well, let's relieve it, Kristen. Just be a therapist. Kristen first. Kristen first. All right, Kristen. Okay. What is the craziest reality show you've ever seen, and what made it so silly? Mm. Jersey Shore. <laughs> Can I say oh, Jersey no. Shore? Okay. People aren't wearing things. There's a lot of alcohol, tobacco, sex, um, tons of promiscuity, a lot of profanity. People have no idea what's going on. They can't really hate each other that much, but apparently they do. They can't really love each other that much, but apparently they do in very short segments. Um, they're at the beach, apparently. I mean, some of the Jersey stuff is very real. Like the Anyway. I won't get tanning. into the details. You didn't even mention tanning. Oh, the tanning. The tanning. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, we won't go there. All right. Kristen, I got nine points for you. That was nine awesome. Nine points. Yay. Kristen's Sorry for that example, winner. y'all. Hey, we could just <laughs> declare her we'll the winner. We'll just say it was done. for review, right? You reviewed that show. I reviewed that show. Oh, <laughs> sorry. She admitted she watched that show. Anyway, Paul's yes. turn. Paul's turn. Oh, my goodness. Paul, you've got this. Oh. I'm just going to say Jersey Shore. <laughs> All right. It's the answer that for everything. That would not work for this question. Mm, curses. What celebrity would you really like to interview and why? Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, Christian Bale because I want to wow. know how difficult it was for him to turn his head in the Batman outfit. I want to know how <laughs> difficult it was for him to lose all that weight that he did for some of his roles. I want to talk with him about some of his really weird outbursts that he's had on set. Um, ask him if there's pressure to be Batman. You know, do people ask him to do that voice all the time? Um, I wanted to ask him what it was like to, to grow up in Hollywood because he was a child star. He was. Yes, a uh, child of the... No... Was Empire it the, of the Sun? Was yes, his, Empire. And he was yes. at Newsies. He sang and, and dancing Newsies. Newsies. Right. You had five. Five. Look at me. Oh, man. I'm the king of Gotham. It was good. It was very They were thoughtful. five good answers. Yes, they were five thoughtful. Five good answers. All right, Kennedy, you are up next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Kennedy. Your question is, what sporting event would you like to attend and why? Ooh. Oh, I've already attended the best sporting event of all time, uh, a game at Sporting KC. Uh, I, I, I'm a big soccer fan. I just really like uh, Sporting KC. That's really about it. I've got like 30 more seconds to kill. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, like the, the, the vuvuzelas, uh, the, the horns, and they're like... Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoy how hyped the crowd gets whenever people get close to the uh, goal. I okay. like how hard it is to score points. Um <laughs> That's nice. about it. Just like this game. That was the most nice. entertaining by far. Four points for Kennedy. So I got to ask, you. would you go to a World Cup? If, if it was nearby. If it was nearby? Everyone yeah. should go to the World Cup. Oh, man. That would How be fun. so much fun. Hmm. But kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right, Jonathan. I mean, we're about to lose. I'd never see the U.S. in the World Cup. Come on. I don't, I don't know, know if I can nine beat points. nine. Yeah. No, I'm we'll not. have to see. 
You can probably There's beat something four. that comes up in him, some sort of energy that when this happens, he's like, he's ready to go. Well, he starts talking like five times as fast I as the know. rest of us. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> it took forever. All right, Jonathan. Yes, yes. Who do you think is the best hero, not a super, of all time and why? Oh, my goodness. And I'm assuming this would be from a movie or from a book. And now that sure. Kristen already has nine, I'm going to go for the deep Paul answer instead of the quantity <laughs> answer. Gosh, that's a really good question. The best hero. I mean, it, it, should I give the token? Jesus is the best hero of all time. Well, I mean, that's the natural one that I would say, because I mean, who else did what he did? Uh, if we were to say um, just around here today, man, I, lo I love MLK, man. Martin Luther King, I think what he did was incredible. I mean, I, I, just, awesome. I just, I can't even, can't even expand on it. Boom, drop the mic. It was him. Sure. There you go. Okay, sure. both of those basically win. Like, what the heck? But for quantity, it's All right. Kristen. All right. We're going quantity, for quantity. It was Kristen. <laughs> Definitely not quality, but. <laughs> I didn't make this show. I feel like you're personally attacking me. Let's move on. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Plugged In Show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation about chat, GPT, AI, and Got Questions Ministries as much as I did. And speaking of Got Questions, if you have any for us, send your own thoughts through Facebook and Instagram or send us an email at team at and by the way, if you send in a donation of any amount, we'll send you a copy of our very own Jonathan McKee's excellent book, Parenting Generation Screen. Check out our show notes or the plugged-in blog for more information, or call 1-800-A-FAMILY. Thanks again for listening, and why don't you join our own chat again next week on The Plugged-In Show. All right, and now it is time for Pop Culture Connection, all of our favorite segment in which Ashley actually... <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was grammatically correct. All of, all ours. of ours. Favorite. <laughs> all of ours. Was it all of our apostrophe S? I'm just kind of curious. Yes. Or was it ours apostrophe? See, I'm not chat, sure. chat GPT needed to write this for me. That's right. You got okay. it, Paul. But for quantity, it's all right. Kristen. All right. We're going quantity, for quantity. It was Kristen. <laughs> Definitely not quality, but... <laughs> I didn't make this show. I feel like you're personally attacking me. Let's move on. Oh, I have words to say. You should close yeah, us, Paul. Yeah, awkward. I should let's, close. Let's shut this down. And by the way, if you send in a donation of any amount, we'll send you a copy of our very own Jonathan McKee's excellent book, Parenting Generation Screen. See ya. <laughs> Peace. You just not ended that so hard. quickly. I was like, oh, is that it? Generation <laughs> 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 screen. <laughs> like, we'll send you a copy of his book. <laughs> As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids, in the backseat. 
It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.